It's the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, episode 32. You're someone who launches personal projects to improve your task management. You've made a number of changes in the past, but you haven't seen the impact you wanted from each effort. Is there something going on that you cannot see? Are some changes more fruitful than others? After all, you know a thing about systematic change in the workplace that seemingly small improvements can yield disproportionate breakthrough results. It applies to other areas of life, but how about your task management? Tune into this episode to hear from me and my special guest, Danielle Bailey, as we solve and tackle and wrestle with this challenging problem of productivity together. I'm Francis Wade, and welcome to the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. And welcome back. As you can see, I'm joined on the stage here with Danielle Bailey. But before I introduce Danielle, let me give a little warm welcome to those of you who've never attended or never been on or listened to our podcast here at the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. And it's a little bit different from the usual kind of chat. Why? Well, Danielle is a guest invited here to help us solve a very hard problem. So we're actually going to put her to work. It's not just one of those interviews where I talk with Danielle about, you know, her favorite color, her favorite animal, kind of things that happened when she was a kid. No, 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 no. We're looking at adult stuff, big people's things. What people struggling with in the area of task management. And today we're going to be looking at this particular problem that I mentioned in the introduction. What happens when you have lots of problems to solve and how do you measure your success? Hmm. So the way the conversation works is that the two of us are going to rip apart the problem, tear it apart, delve into it, dissect it, diagnose it. And what we're looking for is not just talk, per se, but serendipity. And serendipity will, will come in the form of an insight. And when we have an insight that neither of us has really discovered before, maybe one of us hasn't discovered, I'll hit the insight bell. And you'll hear a little bell that sounds like a little ring that means that hey we just found something that is a product of our conversation if we get to the end of the show and there's no insights we'll play a buzzer which means that time ran out we did our best but we didn't quite do it truth is we're both coming up coming to this particular question without having the answer neither of us and we want to move the needle together in the next few minutes that we spend together in a positive direction uh, but it's going to be in a way that is unexpected and unplanned. We're using some Einstein here. Why? Because he said if he had an hour to solve a problem, he'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about solutions. So we're going to spend the most of our time actually dissecting and diagnosing the problem from different angles. So let me start off with, with, a, with a story, and then I'll introduce Danielle. Silvio owns a $3 million company. She's a hard worker and takes her task management seriously. An alumni of several training sessions with different experts, she has spent thousands of dollars hiring coaches from a variety of disciplines. But for the last six months, things have only become steadily worse. That old complaint of getting to the end of the day, feeling as if she accomplished nothing of value has returned. She hates it. But no matter what she tries, she finds herself distracted by a stream of annoying interruptions per day each day. 
she can't even breathe from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. In other words, when she's at work. When she and at 6 p.m., she drags herself home exhausted. When she gets home, she takes a nap, has dinner, and picks up right where she left off. Checking emails. So she keeps working after she's reached home. The funny thing is that she can list half a dozen improvements she's trying to make at any moment in time, or she should make, but she's afraid. If she can't continue leveling up or improving and doesn't get even better at her task management, she could be stuck forever. But is she supposed to try every idea, every app, every device, or every new practice that comes along until something clicks? Danielle Bailey is dedicated to people and results, and she aims to help find or produce useful, applicable, and cost-effective ways to bring practical efficiency to modern chaos. Danielle provides solutions for common business problems from simplifying bookkeeping, payroll, benefits, and HR to time management, process generation, prioritization, and implementation. Join me in welcoming Danielle Bailey. Hey, thanks for having me today. Hey, there should be some applause in the background. Hey. For real. <laughs> so I did it in the foreground instead. <laughs> so, Danielle, what do you make of Sylvia and her problems? Dive into this poor woman's well, very common situation. It, it is a common situation. And I think that it's, it's common for a lot of us. And it, and it honestly just depends on what spot we're in in our business or in our lives. But we, it seems to me that whatever is not happening between eight and six certainly isn't happening after she goes home and takes a nap, but we're continuing to push through because I think that there's some bad advice that if you work more, you'll get more done. I, I don't know. It's, it's very stories like this, whether it's from my clients, my colleagues, my friends, and it's so common that they invest in coaches, they invest in products and devices and softwares, and don't even get me started on all the softwares. And softwares. all these things are supposed to make it better. And it often it doesn't, or if it does, it's short-lived. It's like a burst of this works, and then there's a, a backward trend taking a nap and then checking email at home because obviously we were too busy during the day. Right. Right. And she, you know, she's, she's dumbfounded because, you know, when you're at a low level of productivity and you improve the number, increase the number of hours that you work, you do see a productivity gain. Right. So it does, it does work up to a point and right. then it stops working. It's a, you know, you hit the plateau and then you can't just add hours any further, any longer. They don't help. Right. All they do is right. really take away from your quality of life. And then you actually get not just diminishing return, it actually deteriorates. Like I've heard of people getting um, nervous breakdowns because they, they just keep going and going and going and going and going. And, and as the returns diminish, they figure that they must not be working hard enough. So let me try double mm -hmm. down, triple down. They try to work yeah. even harder and it doesn't do anything for them. And in the area of, of task management, this is definitely true because you really only have 
a certain number of hours per week. Right. And you can probably only manage a certain, we don't know what the number is, but there's a certain number of tasks that you can manage, you can manage effectively each week. I don't know, I have no idea what the number is, but I suspect it's a real number. And the minute you start to approach it, things start to go haywire, right? <laughs> Well, yes, and, and there are there are real numbers. I mean, the average person on a good day can work 60% of their day, which is really if the star and the moon is aligned correctly, your clothes feel good and your big toe doesn't hurt. So that's not even really, even though it's an average statistic, when I talk with folks, it is more towards 45 to 50% of your day, you're actually going to get work done. And then whatever task management solutions you work within that 45 to 50% of your day is going to be where that measurable result happens. And consistently, because we're, I think for Sylvia, I think the issue really is consistently over the long term versus the short-term increase like you were just talking about, about you start focusing, you increase these activity and you will see a productivity increase, but it is not sustainable, repeatable or trainable or scalable. And I think that's really where that root of that problem is, is how do we within that 45 to 50% of our day, let's say that we're actually work working. Mm-hmm. Where do we, what, what task management methods can get us through to seeing these productivity results or the increase in productivity that we're looking for? Not even the results, just the increase in productivity. Right. Because I suspect that, that as, she, as she adds more hours, it becomes less and less likely that she's actually thinking about improvements other than adding hours so right. it's a it's, it's a kind of vicious circle right because you it's like you guess you get I, I hate to say it dumber but the more hours you make you work sorry the, the 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 more your iq declines because you're spending more time working and less time thinking about making improvements mm-hmm because you're really, you know, you're really cannibalizing. If you're, if you're meant to spend five hours a week thinking about how could I become more productive, let those five hours go out the window because you get too busy that week. And then the following week, right. and then the following week, and then the following week. And you're really into overtime at that point because you really are guaranteeing that you're going to hit a plateau because you stop doing the kind of improvement work mm-hmm. and investing in your ability to improve your productivity. Instead, you're just trying to to stay ahead of the monster before, you know, make sure the monster doesn't catch you and that's it. And, um, you know, we, we, you and I talked about the idea of you get to the end of the year and you have no idea what happened. Right. And I think it's because you didn't spend any time reflecting. Right. Because re- reflecting, spending time in, especially if it's purposeful reflection, not just like, mm-hmm. you know, you're a sick and you're a lying down, so you had to reflect, but. You know, you, you deliberately said, let me think about how things are going for me uh, in terms of my ability to get work done. So if you don't deliberately spend on that kind of conscious time, then bam, before you know it, without any reflection time, you get to the end of the year and you don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. And you're no more productive than you were at the beginning. 
you're just more tired. <laughs> with more to do. You're to more tired with more to do. <laughs> and you've got more to do. And you don't know you don't know how come, you don't know what happened. And the truth is you're just you're just a hamster on a wheel. You're just repeating, rinse and repeating what you've always done. I think this is extremely common. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you, what you think? I think so too. And I think that it's it's that false sense of if I add hours, I can get more done. Because there's another fun statistic that after 90 minutes of working, you become drastically ineffective. So, you know, doing four, five, six, seven hours, I'm going to work here all day. No, you're not. So not only have we not planned, have we not reflected, our task management maybe isn't working. We're now going to push ourselves through and add hours that we have become ineffective after 90 minutes. There really is no reason to not take a break at that point, but people still do. And I think it's the, I think there's a couple of issues or issues, problems here. One is, is that we're looking for the result. We don't control our result. So we think if we work more, we'll get the results that we want. We're focusing on that wrong thing when we need to be circling back, like you had just mentioned, and planning and thinking and reflecting on our actual task management, on our actions, then maybe we can figure out how to get that result that we want. But I feel like the other common problem is, is as we walk through this revolving door, of doing what we've always done, working harder, doing all of this. We tend to just continue to pile things on instead of really prioritizing what's important, instead of really deciding where we want to succeed. And then those task management, those actions that we can do to reach that goal. But I, I thought it was interesting what you just said about the, uh, the 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 planning and the reflection. And I don't remember the statistic on that, but for every hour of planning, it saves X number of hours of time because we've we've planned, we've prepared, and we're able to go in with not just what we want to do, how we want to do it, and using those task management techniques, but not buying all of them. The, the other issue that I see, the other issue, the other problem, I don't like the word issue. I keep like restating that, that word. I guess I don't really like it. But what I also see is that next bright, shiny object. What is that next thing, the, the, the newest thing someone has come out with? I remember I was talking to a client the other day and she sent me this video. She's like, Danielle, look at this. And I looked at it. I'm like, this is really cool. Do you know that you already do this? It was just bundled in a pretty way differently than she's currently looking at it. But we were already doing the same thing. It just wasn't bundled as pretty. And she said, oh. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what, 
this is actually the value of a coach, right? Because a coach prevents you from going too far off in the wrong direction, using the tools you already have, right. spending too much time on. Because a coach will ask you, you know, how much time did you spend reflecting and planning this week? And you go, huh? <laughs> What's that word? What's that word? <laughs> you don't even know what they're talking about. The, 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 a coach can help you to do that reflection because they're there to have. Right. But, you know, poor, poor Silva doesn't have a coach. I know well, she spent a lot case. of money, and I think that's the other side of it. You spend a lot of money on these courses, on these on-demand courses, on these programs, these softwares, this tips, this trick series, I mean, whatever, all the things. You spend all the money on all the things. You also expect these things to work. You bought them. Because you bought them. I, I invested. But, but they don't work. But typically they, especially for someone like her and no no they right. don't they they're they're not they're they're really they're the wrong tool for the situation that she's in because ultimately it, it it's as if her sense of i'm imputing this of course i don't know this is all made up but the sylvia that i know <laughs> right uh, right. she measures her value or her value added or her contribution mm -hmm. by the number of hours. That's what she's focusing mm -hmm. on. So the, the, she's, that's really easy to measure. Right. Right. And it's, it's not so hard to take time away from relaxation, reflection, planning, uh, improvement. And it's easy to put that towards more work mm -hmm. and to do it indefinitely, or at least, as long as your boss, it makes your boss happier and happier to add more hours. So, oh, you're coming on the weekend. Oh, oh, well, should I order you? As long you as I don't have to pay you more. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably an HR problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have workplaces that will, you know, actively encourage you to stay late <laughs> by buying you dinner, you know. Uh, Please don't yes. go home, you know, just stay mm -hmm. or, or don't go for lunch for sure. Uh, just stay on campus and just keep going. And she's, you know, she's using, she's using measuring sticks that are, but let's, let's not talk about solutions yet. Let's keep going with the problem. Okay. I've, it's been really hard for me to stay on task, Francis. It's been really hard. It's, that's the nature of the beast. But, but, but folks, uh, if you're listening in, you're wondering, hmm, it's not a diagnosis. The answer is yes, because we want everyone to, not everyone, but many listeners, as many as possible to find themselves in the problem itself before mm -hmm. we start thinking about answers and you know we got to come at it from different angles to have our audience sort of say oh yeah that part sounds like me but right. part of what she's also dealing with um is that it, it has to be that way it's it's like this is really hard i don't have choices this is the everybody around me works like this right people who i i look up to anyway the, the lazy ones maybe don't um <laughs> but but i don't know any other way my boss probably in some situations, boss is even worse. Right. And you're just kind of following suit. And their boss is worse. The or it's perceived that way. Like, even if you own your own business, it's like, it's, there's this air of, if I'm not working 14, 15 hours a day, I'm not successful. So again, mm -hmm. I think what you just said about the 
success being in the number of hours, like that's how we're quantifying our productivity or if we're doing a good job, we're deciding that hours is the way to do it. And I, I feel like there's a lot of history to that. There's a lot uh-huh. of being taught that you can work harder and just keep doing what you're doing or, you know, such and such was successful. Just work harder work longer this you don't need to just just do it if you just would do something like it'll get done but what is something anything doesn't matter as long as you're adding to the hours you know it's a it's a it's kind of like a mental trap because you Mm -hmm. you you can definitely be so you're not necessarily brought up that way because a lot of people who are like this are self-driven they don't need anybody to bring them up any particular way. They push themselves hard enough. Um, right. The problem is that they, 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 it's like they only have one gear. They only know to keep adding. And Sylvia is in that bucket. She doesn't mm-hmm. know to keep adding. She doesn't know. She doesn't have the capacity to reflect and have the reflection make a difference. That, that, that right. if it happens, it happens by luck or she'd have to get sick. Some people have to end up in the ER, right? Palpitations, a blood pressure, and and doctor tells them you cannot keep going like this. And they're like, "But I really like it." Next time you'll be you'll be unconscious, and the next time you'll be dead if you want that. They don't know any different. I I I don't see in all the mainstream media. I don't see us talking about thinking about our task management, about planning. I see do this, do this, do this. Plateaus are normal. If you're not working this many hours, you're not successful. Um, Almost. I I might not even say it. But you will. No, I'll say it. So... (laughs) We're, we're doing it. We're doing it. Those, those videos of people at like 4 a.m. in front of the gym talking about, you know, this is motivation. This is discipline. This, no, no, this is crazy. Be, <laughs> first of all, you will not see me at 4 a.m. anywhere, but in my bed. Um, that's I'm just, a 4 a.m. person, just because, so. I'm not a morning that's person. That's because I'm, I'm a morning person. But it's, there isn't the stop every week, plan every week, prioritize each week. What are the key, what are the key things that need to get done to move you forward? There are things we can do every day. We can check our email all day, every day. I can probably guarantee the 45% of our time that we actually spend working, we could spend in our email. We could. You could, maybe not. You could do the whole just respond and you know and, and as you as you send me email you respond really fast so that you get responses really fast and you don't know how everyone else does anything beside email because I mean, you meet these people they reply well, to every email they don't do anything minutes. else besides email and they're not <laughs> they're certainly not accomplishing anything it's it's maybe that's the thing you know and that's that's part of the thing you know, is that you your measurement for success is the wrong one but nobody's telling you right your boss likes it. So they're happy to say, 
Sure. More hours. Yes, that's pretty good. Yes, your your boss likes it, and social media thinks it's great when you're, you know, at four a.m. doing a video from your car talking about no, you're really going into the gym, or are you just sitting there making your video? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> but what's the measurement of success? Is it doing that four a.m. video? Is it doing your email, or is it getting the key things done? And there's just so much, well, there's just not, there's not conversations about this type of thing, about how to go to that next level and what we need to actionably do to get there, not look at the results of the next level because we don't really know what those results are until we know what our actions are, but our current actions are not getting us where we want to go. And there's that not appropriate measurement of success. And there's this wide, wide assumption that if you just do this or buy this or start with this new, I don't know, there was another program that came across my desk the other day. You need to try this. No. No, because the time that it takes to implement a new software, I can get like eight other things done. Thank you. But it's because I'm very aligned. Unless that software were to solve world hunger. And I guess it didn't didn't come with that. (laughs) It didn't didn't say it would be the panacea to fix every solution that you had. Every problem that you had. That is the fantasy, right? We're all looking for that software. But you know, but here's what I'm wondering, okay, because looking into this particular sort of example that Sylvia is offering us, is the first change that needs to happen before you move to the next level, a realization that your old way of measuring success is bankrupt? Does that have to come first? I think so. I think there's a, no, scratch that. I know so. You, know you absolutely need to say what I'm doing isn't working, you know, because there's that old point of view that plateaus are normal. You know what? I'll get out of this if I just work harder. But, but, but the thing is though, before you even realize that something isn't working, right? Before that step, you've got to accept that your measure of success is wrong or it's old, or it's stale, right. or it's obsolete. Because you, you, you would naturally keep measuring, like for example, you, you, measure, you measure your success by the amount that you earn. And mm. as long as that keeps going up, you, you keep chasing the, the bunny rabbit, you know, you're... Right. And then one day, you, you know, they, the, 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 they do a checkup, they have a clinic at work, at your office, they come to your office, and your friends say, oh, yeah, yeah, I bet you I have the best, lowest blood pressure. And you say, oh, yeah, no, I must be lower than you are. You have no idea. And you go and sit down and they check your blood pressure. And they're like, emergency. It's not calling for You got to get this officer right now. And you're like, what? No, no, no I'm not going anywhere. And they, 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 so you refuse to go, but they calm you down. They get it down. And they say, what? You're the highest person in the entire company, and that's not good. And all of a right. sudden, you have a new measure. 
but until it was forced upon you, right. you were cruising on in cruise control. So that's an extreme case because that's a, it's, it happened by accident and it was kind of forced into your awareness as opposed to the years before where you had the opportunity to discover this awareness on your own mm-hmm. and to take it seriously. But I'm, 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 I'm wondering if prior to any improvement, back to what I said, there's a change in measurement that you have to bring about. I preferably for yourself without an intervention from the outside, right. without your coach saying, telling you and without a heart attack, you know, a heart episode that there's some, there's some jump that you make in awareness where you say, mm-hmm. you know, you throw out the one measuring stick and you pick up the other and all of a sudden you, you, you realize that on this new measuring stick, you're way down, but you now develop a commitment to measure your life using maybe both of them, but definitely using the new one at some point. What do you, what do you think of that notion? I think yes. And I also think that we not only need to, we need to know what a measurement of success is. What have we been? So yes, we need to know that there is that measurement of success, maybe that that's not working, but I don't hear this language either. Like my measurement of success is my income going up. My measurement of success is how many hours I spend on the job. My measurement of success is getting six things done a day. My measurement of success is spending X number of hours with my family. My measurement of success is driving for three hours. Right. They don't, don't, they don't use that term measure measurement of success. It just, it just is what it is. And the assumption there often is that you're, you do it the same way I do it. I do it that way and you do it that way. And we don't even, we don't even talk about it because that's what we do. Right. It's, it's whatever's driving us that obviously is a measurement of success or we wouldn't be doing it that way. Mm -hmm. So at what point do we say this is no longer bringing us the success we want? Well, it's a chicken and egg thing, right? So when right. you get when you get the heart episode, you realize you, you may realize after the episode that you, your measurement stick was wrong, or the measurement stick could come first, where you you, you do your own, you, you achieve your own level of awareness, and you realize that you need a you need a new one. That your life your life up until that point has been measured by whatever has been measured by, and at some way of shape or form, you become interested in this new way of measurement. Mm-hmm. It's almost like something, it, some value has to shift inside. Right. Preferably... Well, and, and I don't know that it's a value even as much as it's the, uh, the repercussions of doing these things the same way. Consistent burnout. Like consequences. Overwhelm. Like the feeling of doing something and not getting the things that we want, like Sylvia, increasing those hours. We're working eight to six, then we're taking a nap and we're working from home. Right. I think it's going to be the emotional, mental, and physical ramifications that will lead us to this isn't working. But how do we stop that? Before it happens, before like before your example of the high blood pressure, how, how do we stop it before we get to the hospital? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't even I, define you heard... what our measurement of success currently is. How do we define what our measurement of success currently is? Well, without any reflection, it's it's really hard to. Without any reflection, you'll never know. Because you'll just keep going. Have you heard this crazy number that only a third of people who have had heart attacks implement any kind of behavior change? Oh, no, I haven't heard that. It's some, it's some disgusting number, like from 30, 40, something like that. That's crazy. The number is, the number is small. And that's why people will, you know, after they've had a heart attack, will keep smoking and keep drinking and no exercise. They, they, the behavior changes are amazingly small. Wow. And I, and I guess by the time you get to the point where it's hard to make that behavior change and you have an episode, it's too late for you to know. It, you don't have what it takes to rever mm. reverse all these behaviors or add these, these new behaviors because you've now gotten so accustomed to it that you're just saluting the flag all the way to the grave. So the, the habits become stronger than the reason to change. Apparently. That's the only thing I can conclude from the numbers that I heard. Wow. Yeah, that's, 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 that's wow. like... So it, it's, it makes you... It scares you in a way, right? Because you're like, what am I doing right now that is, you know, where I'm... I may be aware of a particular kind because everybody knows that, oh, yeah, you know, you should exercise, you should right. smoke, you should drink, shouldn't drink that much. You should do these things in moderation because they have an effect on everybody knows that. But apparently, even after a heart attack, the majority don't. They might wow. know it, but they don't change the behavior. Sobering, huh? It is. It is. Wow. Well, and, and then maybe that is the, the key to even not just that, but the key to this is the habitual nature of people. Because even if, even if we took some time to reflect, even if we defined our measurement of success, mm -hmm. even if we decided that measurement of success is no longer working, in times of great stress, people will revert back to what is comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the same thing here. When people try to attempt to put in new task management techniques, new time management techniques, productivity techniques, anything new, when they have a stressful week, they're going to stop reflection and they're going to go back to what they have always done Therefore, getting what they've always got, just like right. your heart episode. Right, right. Uh, so analogy task, there. So, why should task management be any different? Right. What well, humans are humans, and what right. we have put into our what we have put into our lives as habits, and what we've become comfortable with and accustomed to. That's what we go back to when we're under great stress. I see that a lot in my clients is we'll be putting new things in place and then something, something happens, doesn't matter what, and something happens, somebody reverts and they're like, oh, but we need this and this. We have this and this. You need to reapply this and this. And so it's that habitual thing. It's maybe that old point of view, right? Plateaus are normal. I just have to work harder. 
or the the thing that I find super toxic and toxic is a very interesting word in our world mm-hmm. these days. Uh-huh. But the thing that I find interestingly toxic is the just do more work, 10x that thing and you'll be fine. 10x, right. Right. There's a book, is there a book called 10x? There is. Yeah. Yeah. But but again, if we haven't def- if we haven't reflected figured out what our our measurement of success is, if we haven't decided if that measurement of success is working or not, if we haven't decided the task management necessary to reach that success, and we're not controlling those actions, if we're 10 axing actions, is it the right action? Yeah. Yeah. Because it it just seems so easy that you do the wrong action, which is could be the old one that you've been doing or something worse. It just seems so easy because we're not, it's almost like we're not, we're not taught explicitly that we need to engage in this kind of reflection in order to get the kind of improvements that we want on a sustained basis. Mm-hmm. Like we're not taught, we're not taught about some like plateaus. We're not taught about diminishing returns. We, we, we come upon these things by like luck or by accident mm-hmm. or by example. Something happens to somebody that we care about and we're like, oh my God, I, I, I don't want to go like that. Right. And then right. all of a sudden, you know, we start to go look for answers and we find answers and then we implement them. But, but it's not like we started off being like smart about it. We, 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 we're lucky. We're lucky that we had a friend who it happened to, and then we could copy them. Or we happy, right. we're, we're lucky that we could have a coach who happened to mention it. Oh, by the way, have you checked your blood pressure recently? And you're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> What's that? Or where you know, or we happen to be in the cafeteria the day that they take measurements and give you a a free assessment. That's all luck, you know. That's not. That's not design. I know we're talking task management. We're also talking about life because the two seem to go very, very hand in hand in this particular mm-hmm. instance. Mm-hmm. But if there's no way that we do the kind of reflection that we need, and maybe this is this is, this is our first insight. It, it it strikes me that reflection is the either forced or unforced you know, whichever way it comes, some kind of reflection is the starting point. That Because you, you could even, you know, you could have something bad happen to you and you just, no reflection. No reflection is like, right. I would say, I hate to say a killer, but it is kind of, you know, in the context that we're talking about, it's a killer. It, it, it keeps you unproductive and it keeps your life. No reflection means that it doesn't matter what happens to you or anybody else around you or the the blog post that you read yesterday or the TV show that you saw last week. Because none of it, all of it just kind of goes, none of it is really registering. Um, so we're not, we're not taught how to reflect. Mm-hmm. The assumption is what? That we'll just figure it out on our own, I guess. I think there's a lot of things that aren't taught in business, whether in general, mm-hmm. like even in, you know, 
even in business school, there are things that are not taught, you know, in, in my favorite part about business school is they get to, they, they, they teach you how to manage budgets of millions of dollars, but no one ever taught you how to manage a budget of none. <laughs> <laughs> right? So these people get out of, out of business school and they come to the real world and then all of a sudden life kicks them in the face and they're like, oh, I got to figure out how to budget 500 bucks with eight employees. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's some brilliance in what you just said there, because there's every business gets down to, well, unless you're extremely whatever, you get down to that point where you're looking at more, more outs than ins, and you're, right. you're now having to scramble and you've not, again, you know, it's kind of a, 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 a great life skill to have. And in a way, we're talking about that on a personal level, on an individual level. Right. How do you manage when you kind of, it's kind of gotten down to zero? And how do you operate? Even before it gets to zero, it's a good idea to, to do right. that kind of reflection. But before it gets to zero, how do you do the kind of reflection that will yield um, great results? Right. How do you, how do you, how do you, you know, I think more, what many people, do is that they hire a coach to do it for them right because that's the only way or they rely on a loved one who's willing to you know like a spouse uh, as kids or parents do or reflecting for us uh until they stop and then we're left on our own kind of like because we're not we're not <laughs> yeah, the the, the 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 sit back and look at our selves. Mm -hmm. It's just not, you know. And there's talk of it, you know. There's talk, you know. People get to the beginning of the year like we are now. Right. This is the only time of year they're going to think about it, though. Like somewhere between Christmas and New Year's, like they think that these. They being the generalized public, I suppose, thinks that between, you know, Christmas and New Year's is when we need to think about these things, when we need to prioritize these things. And that's just what it needs to be. When in actuality in business, it needs to be like September. Right. Right. Because this is too late. Yeah. September. And then again in December. And then again in like April. And right. then again, like. Because you've got to keep up with what's going on. And in your personal life, it can't be much different. But what I've seen is, is in your personal life and your business life, they are such a direct reflection mm -hmm. of each other. So how you reflect upon your personal self and how you reflect upon your business self is going to be similar, whether that's not at all mm -hmm. or whether that's often mm -hmm. or somewhere mm -hmm. in between. Yeah, no, so but I think there's a lot there of be, things that we don't. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't do. Should, yeah. Shouldn't there be? Shouldn't there be a, a two-hour period of structured reflection taught in every school? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Taught meaning that your coach, right, teaches you how to reflect on your own. You actually, right, you actually follow up. You follow, you're given a, maybe a, a menu of ways of reflecting. Right, like a you, checklist or ideas. Like or, right, mm -hmm. some of it could be task management, some of it could be health, some of it could Thoughts. be relationships, you know, mm -hmm. a whole range that you're actually taught how to think about your life 
and mm-hmm. the need for regular regular dose of it so that mm-hmm. if not every week maybe every uh, you know when you're a, a, a little bitty bitty kid like you're six years old you do like 10 minutes every right week two weeks as you get older you get an hour you get two hours and you're taught more more advanced uh approaches mm-hmm. and you're you're able to look at you're taught to sort of scan your whole life and it, it, again in a kind of systematic way so that you're not just kind of like okay well yesterday i watched tv and right right yeah you're not just kind of like blah, 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 but you're given some kind of guidance and you're mm-hmm. showing examples and you're you know you're you have a your coach is teaching you mm-hmm. the same way you had to learn to do other things like feed yourself and to walk this right. is another one of those things that you need to live a functional life right the reflections and, and then we could also add critical thinking but that might be a separate conversation well you need you need the critical thinking in the reflection or else you in cope with nonsense right yeah. you end up with magical thinking and you know making stuff up and unicorns and rainbows and whatnot. So you need the critical thinking. I guess that would come. Hopefully, you know, you, you have the habit of critical of reflection and within Mm -hmm. the reflection, a higher class is critical thinking in your reflection, critical thinking in the reflection and then application of whatever it is that you came up with on project management. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. That would be great. And I think, again, prioritization. We're not taught. We're not told. And prioritization, because you need to kind of you come up with a long list of things that you need. You then need to kind of apply right. some kind of critical thinking to which which improvements come before which improvements. Right. Yeah, prioritization is huge. There's. There's a lot of nuance to this problem, to Sylvia's problem, to the consistent burnout that I hear about with my clients and colleagues and friends, mm-hmm. to the consistent, the, the reason why we decided to do this podcast, actually, mm-hmm. the, the reason why the topic was here mm-hmm. and why we decided to do this was because it just isn't effectively known or talked about of having a measurement of success of using reflection to figure that out. Is it working? Is it not working? And really applying these things to our business life, but again, to our personal life too, because one leads into the other so well, whatever habits you have in one will reflect into the other. Right. And we're also not taught that you're kind of, you know, you're on a journey of where, where you were is where you were, but where you're, where you are now and where you're headed is that you're on a, you're on a journey. And as you traverse this journey, things are going to change. So it's not like you reflect, oh yeah, reflection. Yeah. I did that when I was 20. It's like, okay. And <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't, I haven't had to are do it since still then. still 20? <laughs> I, unless you're 20. <laughs> It's like, wait, wait, yeah, I've been there. I, I did that. I got the T-shirt for it. I, I went to reflection camp and I reflected it. That was reflection. It. Like, it was like one dose. <laughs> I had my dose of reflection for a lifetime when I was 20. Oh. It's like, 
Well, so we're not, we're not, we're not putting this sort of, not spectrum, but we're not putting this uh, context. Right. Where it's an ongoing improvement. <laughs> and in this ongoing improvement, high quality reflection is, is the key to developing the right measurements. Mm -hmm. um, and doing it on your own is a requirement at first because you may not be able to afford a coach and your sure. mommy may not be available all the time. <laughs> right. So that don't count on that. So you are going to be on your own. So it's a self, mm -hmm. it's a self-management kind of technique. And the expectation is that it'll help you to traverse that journey with mm -hmm. um, able to realize more peace of mind, more health, more productivity. But, 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 you know, that doesn't really help Sylvia. No, Sylvia came, came to you or I and we said, well, Sylvia, you should have had this when you were in high school. Sylvia you should have went to Reflections high. Camp. You should have, you should have gone. <laughs> Parents should have. Didn't you get the slip? Permission slip? Go to Reflections Camp? I think, I think, Francis, I think we're missing a really good business opportunity here. I, you know, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's every... Thing about reflection is that it's everywhere and it's nowhere right it's in every activity but the simple one two three steps and i know that there's ways to you know we you, you and i especially people who coach right and who train and learn and we're hyper learners so we 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 get this somewhere early for i think it's pretty early because we then pursue improvement opportunities which makes us want to give right. it to others right so we live in this world that we take for granted where of course i'm going to always be reflecting almost most of the time i'm thinking about am i doing it right so we're, we're in this world that's not the world that sylvia lives in right so let's say that sylvia can't hire a coach how does she how does she develop this skill of reflection and, and folks by the way if you're wondering what this has to do with task management it's everything to do with task management <laughs> my, my whole book is about doing reflective activities. I just didn't talk about what if you're not doing reflection. I just assumed that you would, and here's the tools to do it. But right. I just didn't go that far. But here we need to go that far because there's a lot of people not reflecting. So mm -hmm. what can we say to Sylvia, um, given that we've cut off some of the, she's already 20, 30 something, no, right. go, no, no go backsies. No go backsies, <laughs> dang it. Can't hire a coach. Her, her mommy and daddy aren't available. Her boss isn't interested. Um, her spouse is busy her, himself or herself. Um, what does Sylvia do? What do, what, do we, what do we have for her? Daddy. Mm, that's a good one. So I think... I think we could... Um, <laughs> so it goes back for me, it goes back to the feeling. It goes back to the emotions. It goes back to the overwhelm, to the procrastination, to the multitasking, to the distractions, to the, all the things like when we, let's say when Sylvia's ready and we sit down, how does she feel? And we'll it seems a her. little bit weird. But Go how ahead. does she feel? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And does she want to continue to feel this way? 
Because until we know what we're feeling and if we want to change that feeling, we're not going to know the steps to change that feeling. So if, if we're constantly overwhelmed and we're crazy and we're working eight to six, going home and napping and coming and then doing work again at home and then going to bed, if you feel that that's okay with you, fine, do it. Like she's, 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 she has no doubt in her mind, no second thoughts. She's, right. this is working for her. She doesn't, right. she doesn't know why it's not working for other people. Right. Um, she's not interested in why all the people tell her this this is not going to last forever. It doesn't work that way. She she just she dismisses them out right. of hand. So she's like, will in this frame of mind, she would be uh, not in touch. I'd say not in touch with her feelings to some degree. Well, or, or she's just them. not ready to make the change. So she has the feelings because she could have them and ignore them. Mm -hmm. She could have them, but they're too faint to, to pick right. up on. She's not, her radar isn't very sensitive. So the fact that she can't sleep at night and has insomnia is like, oh, well, this is a matter of, I don't know. My, my, my dad had normal. that, so I have it. I must be normal. You <laughs> I must, must be, be like everybody else. Everybody, doesn't everybody have that? Um, so she she has faint feelings, she has ignored feelings, or let's let's skip over that. If she's a psychopath or a sociopath, she has no feelings. We'll right. let's skip clinical issues aside. Clinical issues aside, right? She's a normal person who actually does have feelings. So so it's not that she doesn't have any; it's that she is not paying attention to faint feelings, or she has strong feelings and she's actively ignoring them. So she's in that ball game. Right. Because it could be two buckets. It could be the bucket of I, I'm doing it this way. I don't feel like it needs to be any different. I'm just going to continue on this way. And then there's the bucket of I don't like this feeling. I want to go home and rest. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work anymore. I mm -hmm. feel burnt out, overwhelmed. No amount of anything is working. She's wanting to give up. Mm -hmm. All of these feelings are going to be indicators. So that's where I would start someone is sitting in your feelings. I'm not a very big feelings person. I'm a super tactical person. So for people who know me, they're like, why is Danielle talking about feelings? Like I'm a super tactical person. But in order for these things to change, in order for what we're discussing to make any movements for people, we have to decide, is this a feeling we want to change? Is this negative feeling enough? Because apparently for those people who had the heart episode, only some low number, one third or whatever it is, make any changes. That's not enough. Obviously, that was not something that they are willing to change. And, and so they, when they had the heart episode, the 60%, the, 40%, the, the 50%, whatever the number is, the, the huge number that don't do any, anything whatsoever that sticks. So there's a physical side of it and then there's an emotional side of it. Mm -hmm. So if we, if we took the physical side out of it and say, okay, well, that's a problem. And that's what will kill them. And we looked at the emotional side, we would probably say that it's kind of similar to our Sylvia case that they, they either have some faint feelings about it, 
they have uh, strong feelings that they're ignoring or they're taking it seriously, but they just don't know what to do about it. The same three buckets, right. in other words, in mm -hmm. for that particular example. Mm -hmm. hmm. right, it's, it's, it's cliche is to say, feel your feelings, right? It's, right, uh, it really that, is. You know? And that's why I stopped so long before I said anything. I was like, am I really going to say this? <laughs> friends, friends of Danielle, are you listening? She's telling you to feel your feelings. Feel your feelings. She actually feeling. said that. That's straight from a some song from 1960 something. But again, I'm if sure we are it. so consumed with our current measure of act, or if we are so consumed with our current activity and not knowing what our measurement of success is, and not knowing if it's good or bad. The only thing we have to go back to is how does it feel? Is it scalable, repeatable, trainable? Like, and do we want someone else to do this? And a coach, do we mean? want someone else to feel like this? Because as business oh, owners, oh, like let's oh. say Sylvia is a business, you know, the business okay. owner. And do right. we want our employees to do this, to burn out, to feel this way? Yeah, so, so assuming... Assuming that she's not a sociopath, psychopath, yes, that she has a normal <laughs> level of empathy. That no, right. she doesn't want her family members. She doesn't want her spouse. She doesn't want her parents. She doesn't want her co-workers. She doesn't want her business partners. She doesn't mm -hmm. want her suppliers, customers. So to feel the way that she's feeling. And, and you know, we probably know that very few of us exist in a, live in a cave and don't experience other people. They experience right. us. And when they're with us, they're like, are you okay? And you're dying, right? <laughs> so you, you, the minute they say, are you okay? You, you're now into, okay, which, which one do I, which bucket do I right. tell them about? Which reflection? What's which... the appropriate response? Yeah. Well, yeah, you kind of like, uh, you got to say something. And if you don't say anything, that's even worse. <laughs> they assume, okay, right. oh, sociopath. Okay, I understand. <laughs> Perfectly right. behavioral. Understand that. If you're not, if you're not, if you're just a normal person, then it's weird because it's kind of what we're seeing is when if you really find yourself unable to make the movement that you want, one way to initiate it is to use your to use the term that I, I said it first, maybe, but you got to go feel some feelings. Mm -hmm. In that you reflection, you've got to reflect reflection. and feel those feelings. And then as you do so, you get into a positive cycle because it's almost as if we're saying, if you don't, if you don't catch the positive cycle in the, or have it go in the right direction, you mm -hmm. won't open up enough reflection time to feel more feelings. Right. So you'll never develop the motivation to jump off you'll keep measuring success the same old way mm -hmm. and you'll go end up straight in the grave mm -hmm. and not not know what happened not know what hit you you know i've had a couple of friends recently just kind of dropped dead mm. i mean this is like a thing this year we had like mm. three friends drop dead like oh, seemingly man. fine next day somebody's not making a per fine. not fine Turns out they weren't, you know, but they, oh. they, but it's a thing that I'm not at that age where it's happening. Right. And, um, you know, I don't know anything about the, their, the inner state of those who 
passed away or anything. But you kind of wonder that if you're not able to feel feelings in the way that we're talking about, that it 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 inevitably does something mm-hmm. that you don't easily uh, you don't easily reverse. So productivity is certainly one thing it does. And we're talking about more extreme examples than just, you know, not being productive. But, but it's it's weird. Maybe that maybe that, you know, that is what we're out to accomplish today. Is the is to say that you know you you want you want these out you want these outcomes like Sylvia wants. But unless you shouldn't trash your health to do it. And and if you're not really if you're really not so good with your feelings, we kind of imply that Sylvia is based on the story, then you're not going to make the progress that you need to make. You're going to stay in that plateau that she was in. Weird. Didn't expect to come up with this today. What do you think our audience thinks of this? (laughs) Don't know. They're probably like, what is wrong with these people? They should be talking about (laughs) task management. What is this? To do with, but you know, it's 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 measure of success is that it's easy to use right. task management to n- stay out of your feelings. It's right. really easy. It, mm-hmm. You you. It's easy you, to use work to stay out of your feelings. It's and really easy. The that is the utmost avoidance technique I see right. people use is they dive into work to avoid issues in their personal lives, issues in their relationships with their, with their spouses, with their children, with their parents. I see working on their business or even in their business rather, not even on it, in it as a good or the most commonly used avoidance technique. Right. I used it. I mean, I will flat out tell you I've used it as an avoidance technique myself. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's comfortable to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Until you get, you know, the heart attack business. It's good. It's it works. It it works. Until then. It's comfortable to do until you're Sylvia and you're working eight to six and then you're going home taking a nap and doing more work. And then you're like, okay, well, this stinks. Right. I'm burnt out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm done. Nothing is working. I'm obviously not being productive anymore because the harder and longer I work, the less gets done. Right. Right. But I, I think it's it's just such a common place to be. And if we're not, I think taking that reflection time, feeling in those feelings, do we want to continue this way? If the right. answer is yes, well, I don't know. What, Francis and I can't help you. <laughs> if the answer is right. no, but then I can, I can there's share that what, next step. What happened with me? So I took some next steps. I would say starting... With a bunch of personal development programs is where I started. Um, I did courses at, um, and these places are available. These resources are available many places in the world. But anyway, I, I, I studied at Landmark Education. Um, I did a course called a forum, uh, a bunch of programs there, and eventually led courses. And that was a huge, huge benefit. Um, but I, did, I read a lot of stuff before then and tried one day courses here and nothing systematic but the stuff at landmark was long lasting because they had enough stuff that you could keep going 
Um, after that, I did, or during, or whenever, I did therapy. So I had a therapist, and the therapist was extremely valuable around. I knew the, I knew the importance of feelings before going into therapy. So I kind of knew that part, mm, logically. Okay. But having the therapist helped me to share a whole bunch of feelings. It was, all it was was you come every week and you talk about all the stuff that you've been feeling. And it was wickedly unique in the sense that there was nothing else in the world that I'd ever had before that was like it. It was, it was, it was the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I guess having known the value of that, I married somebody who's a trained counselor. So it's, you know, it's now easier than it's ever been to access and talk about my feelings. But, you know, if you, if you had spoken to me how many years ago, I would have just been an engineer who worked on engineering projects back, back in the early nineties. That's just who I was. And that was it. And the touchy feely stuff was, I used to laugh at it. I, very, very right. vividly remember the first training that my department ever had in this touchy feely stuff. And I remember laughing at it, thinking that we're engineers and what are we here doing this nonsense? So that's where I came from. Um, mm-hmm. But those, that's the journey that I went on. And I, 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 speaking to our audience a bit, I think there's each person can craft their own. The world is such that there's a lot available to us. Back then it was. Right. There was no internet. So right. there was a, a book you happened to pick up or somebody you happened to meet or a tape. I had listened to lots of tapes in the car. There were tapes mm-hmm. that, and they cost 40 bucks for three tapes. You had to order them in the mail and stuff. But there just wasn't that much available. Today, there's a lot available. Mm-hmm. But that's just my journey, folks. Um, not saying that you should follow any of the steps that I took, but... Um, I think if you if you if you ask people for their journey, who you think um, may have a clue, they may be able to share something, and and that will open up a door, which will open up a door, which will open up a door. And that's kind of how it was for me. Doors just kind of kept opening. How does that sound as a possible path, Miss Daniel? Yeah, think? that's that's great. That's great. I think anything that you can, and I think that we all in our journeys of, of life come to a point to where, whether we like it or not, whether it's age, whether it's people passing away, whatever it is, we come to this age of reflection. Oh yeah. I should have added that part in. (laughs) And I think if we were to reverse it, what if we were to reflect prior to you? But even if we just got to this stage of reflection in life, maybe it's age, maybe it's an injury, maybe it's the passing of a loved one, maybe it's something absolutely unfair that just happened. Right, right. That reflection is where we can get in tune with you know what our feelings are because we have them, even if we can't right. define them. right. Uh, when I was in, I was in grief counseling and I had the stunted emotional description of like a three-year-old because I couldn't define the feeling. I couldn't name it, right? Anger, frustration, hatred. They're all different. What? There's not like two feelings, happy and sad. 
<laughs> Good or bad? <laughs> thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> if we take Facebook into consideration, you know, there's there's thumbs up, there's heart, there's care, there's anger. <laughs> there's <a few> more. <laughs> but I mean, there's like five. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? There's there's, there's more all than these two. other ones. Yeah. And I think when yeah. you get to that point whether it's work or personal or whatever, it's that reflection time and feeling the feelings and getting in there and then deciding if those need to change. You yeah. decided things needed to change. So you went steps farther and, and worked through personal development courses, worked through teaching courses, worked through the therapy and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that may be, and then your task management changed. I you mean, bet you, I, of course, of course, as you, pro- it changed probably with each step and then but your I, productivity I, changed with each step. Right. I could be more um, aware of my internal state as a measurement of how productive I was. So that's a part of what I teach is that your internal state is a great indicator. It's like valuable data with respect right. to how, how pro- uh, productive you're being. Yeah, I, I really agree. Um, my, the, the, the steps that I took, it's funny you mentioned the, the, the grief business because that was the one that was, that came as a shock. Because, mm. you know, I, I'd never lost a close loved one before my father died in 2015. And, and, you know, I'd known people who told me about grief. And I was like, boy, it sounds, I never had it happen. And I imagined that it wouldn't, you know, Okay, it's something to go through. I had no idea that it would be the tsunami that it was. And thankfully, I had done a bunch of stuff. You know, all the things I had mentioned I had done beforehand. Um, and so when it happened, it, it was happening inside of this very useful context that fortunately I had, I had in place. Right. Um, I mean, one of, the, one of the things I find very useful is it's called The Work of Byron Katie. And in one of her books, she describes what it's like to have somebody pass away and what she said in that circumstance. And boy, that was what I remembered when my father passed away. I was like, whoa, this is, it was very, very, it was specifically very useful. But the feelings that came were just, to this day, they're still, I still feel, I feel it in a way that's shocking and surprising and I never anticipated and nobody could have told me, although I was told stuff. Right. You know, to this, it just was, that's the one thing. I didn't choose that one. I chose the other ones. So then you kind of know that you're going to pick up a book and you kind of have an expectation of, but when one happens to you or it happens in spite of you or you didn't choose it, then that's a, bit, a whole different, and that's another, another one that wakes you, can wake you up. Mm-hmm. True? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm. It loves change over time. <laughs> and then it morphs over, over time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's another one that doesn't stay, it's a journey again, it doesn't stay the same. And boy, in terms of wake-up calls, there's no, I've not had a wake-up call, anything even close to that. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing that I did before that compares to the magnitude of, of that, of my father right. passing away. That was, that had greater gravity and impact than all the others combined, probably. Mm-hmm. But, hmm. 
Anyway, feeling well, feelings. That's we're, feeling we're, feelings. We're, we're almost at the end of our time, Daniel. So your 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 final insight is because then we'd have to wrap it up. Go ahead. Absolutely, and I think we just hit on something that when we're talking about measurements of success and when our personal life and our business life are so intertwined and we're talking about reflection time, we're talking about feeling our feelings and how our ability to work through these things to define a measurement of success. Is it good? Is it working? Do we need to change it? It will all change over time in our business based on what's happening in our personal life. And that's why that regular reflection is so important. Regularly reflecting to be able to, are we in the right space? Do we feel good about the steps that we're taking or do we want to change them? And then creating that, what is that measurement of success? Is it money? Is it hours? Please no. Please no. Say no to the number of hours. Is it content created? Is it, you know, what is it? Is it tangible? Looking good. Is it intangible? Being but, liked, having so much, uh, some measure of fame. Right. What, what is it? Because I think it's going to be All different for every person. And they're inseparable, right? Mm-hmm. I know a CEO who's going through something right now. And, I, and the question I, I asked was, boy, I bet you that has something to do with his personal development. Because there's mm. no way. The reaction that the public reaction he gave looked like it just it came straight from personal. You know, I I, I like unfiltered almost like whoosh thing happened, and five minutes later, whoosh in a public forum. So everybody's talking about, you know, that the sequence of events that took place. And the two are just like you said, you don't separate the two. You make mm-hmm. you make progress in the personal, and it it allows you to make progress in the business, in the public sphere, in everywhere you know anywhere in business that it 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 counts. Boy, right. Well, and I think something to remember is is that if you're striving for a new level of success, whatever that level is, whether it's definable through feelings or tangibles or whatever it is, new levels of success come from new knowledge, new skills, and new plans. You have to do something different in order to get something new. So in that measurement of success conversation, the measurements of success in business, when we If we want a different level of success, we have to change something about what we're currently doing in order to get there. Because if if what we were currently doing was already going to work, it would have already worked. Already worked. So. Not to say this is the easy path we're talking about today. (laughs) (laughs) It would probably be easier if we just talked about software. (laughs) I mean, maybe it might be easier. So there was another what app are you using today? <laughs> um, no, that's a lot yeah, easier think, conversation. <laughs> I, I I just think that that's where that new level of success. So if people are striving for a new level of success, 
there has to be new knowledge, new skills, and new plans made. And defining your measurement of success, whatever that is for you and your business, is very important. But to also understand that using your business as a avoidance technique is not likely going to get you what you want either. It's going to... It's gonna come at you probably with a force that, like it did with my with the CEO. I'm telling you about. Right. It came at it came at him with a force that is unreal. But mm-hmm. leading up to that, who knows? Probably that was it's what you were talking about. It's the the not paying attention to it, and then no, there's no way to avoid it. Right. Ugh. Well, miss. Danielle, Bailey, we've gotten to that time. Uh, how can people hear more about you and learn more about what the work that you're doing? How can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, so thank you again. Thank you for having me. So I've got some amazing opportunities. I have a program site that is learn.daniellebailey.com. That's B-A-I-L-Y. No E, learn.daniellebailey.com. And it is, uh, there's a lot of really good uh, on-demand programs there, current programs there. It's one of the favorite things, my favorite things that I do. There is also a contact page on my website, which is daniellebailey.com. But that would be, I would love to connect. And the best ways to get a hold of me is either on that contact page and or just jump right into one of my programs and I would love to see how we can make you more productive and efficient. Great. Daniel, thanks for thanks for the conversation today. It it definitely took a turn that I would say is useful, valuable, essential, and life-changing. And it's not exactly the one that we I think we had planned on. But it was not. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> We're here to have a conversation that would move the needle and we're tackling a wicked problem. And sometimes you got to go look in the, you know, the kind of the hidden corners to really <laughs> leverage the kind of improvements that you want to make in your task. Task management sounds so boring compared to where we ended up by the end. But hey, you know, we're human beings and it's all connected. So, Danielle, Absolutely. thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, and uh, folks, keep listening. I'm going to tell you about. Um, our next program or next episode and keep listening don't go anywhere we'll be right back you're in charge of implementing your company's new strategic plan It includes some brilliant new ideas which should shake up your industry and even introduce the world to a brand new category of products and services. But you are a bit wary because prior strategic plans barely made it off the PowerPoint pages. They weren't implemented due to a common complaint. No one had time. You have every reason to be worried, but what should you do about the problem? Tune into this episode to join me in tackling this wicked problem from two perspectives at once task management, and strategic planning. And if you want to leave a comment about this episode or 
any aspect of the work that we're doing here at the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, you can go over to www.replytofrancis.info and send me either a message uh, by text or send me a voice message, a voice note. And as you probably know, we have a couple of places that you can interact with other people, talk about this episode. One is at the community, mightytaskers.scheduleu.org, and you'll see the link in the show notes. And the other, of course, is our upcoming Task Management and Time Blocking Summit coming up in March. Two outstanding opportunities to interact with other people about the ideas that you've heard on this podcast or any of your episodes that are coming up. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing, I invite you to click on the Patreon link below to make a donation. And please don't forget to like our show and recommend it to others on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or whatever past podcast, app, or service you're using. This is Francis Wade. I'm signing out. I hope to see you on a future episode. And until then, take care and all the best. See you later.